Welcome to Artful Aging with your host, Amy. Are you a senior or a caregiver of a senior looking for support and direction? Best-selling author, educator, and expert in senior living, Amy Friesen, is here with the help you need while providing you with an important and valuable support network. So now, please welcome the host of Artful Aging, Amy Friesen. Good morning, everyone. I'm Amy Friesen, and this is Artful Aging with Amy. We are on Bold Brave TV, and today we're going to be talking all things feet with my guest, Lisa Garland, who is a nurse and teacher and the owner of Tired Soul Foot Care. Did you know that the average person walks up to about 160,000 kilometers or 115,000 miles in their lifetime, which is about four times around the earth? Lisa has been nursing since the age of 19 and has worked in all areas of nursing, including the emergency room and community nursing, and as well as acute and geriatric care. Lisa felt that she needed to know all areas of nursing to be the best nurse that she could. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to have you here. Uh, I was telling Lisa before the show that I've been doing all this research about foot foot care and Lisa, and and I have my own concerns now, Lisa, we're going to have to address. So Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about um, why you have chosen to work in nursing and specifically with feet and as you say, everything below the waist? Yeah, I'm going to have to change that maybe. Below the waist, (laughs) meaning, you know, legs, 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 thighs, calves, shins. Um, I think the latter part of my 28 years of nursing, I worked in community. And I worked doing wound care and I loved it. It was my first love out of everything nursing. But what was happening is I was seeing diabetics, non-diabetics and a lot of lower limb wounds. So ulcers on toes, feet. I saved toes from falling off. I've had toes fall off in my hand. Like, where do you put those? Like where? I don't know if it's in the biogradable like bin, like it was just so fascinating to me that I didn't know what to do with it. And for me, holistically, I wanted to be able to refer these patients to someone, but there wasn't anybody who did foot care. So a coworker and I decided that we would go and take some foot care courses. She was too busy at the time. I ended up doing it. I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do with it, but just that I felt that I needed to know more. I needed to know where to direct these patients. But when I took it, I the instant reaction of these volunteers of relief, and they were just so terrified of whatever their ailment was, and I was able to relieve it, it just was instantaneous. And it just made me feel so good. And so then I took the educators class right after, and I've been teaching ever since 2014. And it's been amazing. And it's just evolved into something huge, huge. Yeah, absolutely. I think that when you find the love of what you do, right, it's it's just like what you're saying is like one second you didn't know it and the next second's like that's it. And it was the same for me uh, going into retirement living and it was just like one course in university and it was it. And then from everything else, I've made decisions based on that. So um, I totally love that. Do you um, do you think that we need more care uh, for our feet as we age, Lisa? It really depends. I mean, I don't want to use age as an excuse for anything, but generally, as you age, your you know your mobility 
is not as good as it was when you were younger. So if you're unable to get to your feet or there's arthritic hands, a lot of rheumatoid arthritis, you aren't able to cut your toenails. So in that, you're going to need more care. If vision is declined, you're not going to be able to see if there's an injury. Um, so generally, I guess, yeah, if once you age, there's just mobility issues that can't get you to your feet and you need someone to look at them or you're not as you know, flexible as you once were. You can't put your feet to your eyes so that you can see the bottoms of your feet. Right. So there's people that need more assistance as you age to help. I think it. I think it's, yeah, I think it's tricky. I mean, like even, you know, every day kind of for anybody, right. You know, just paying attention to your feet. I said in, in, in our little blurb for the show, you know, they're all the way down to the bottom. Right. And it's just yeah. something that's not, uh, we don't talk a lot about foot care. Generally speaking, it's not like an everyday conversation for us. You know, mm-hmm. it's, something that like yes it's a part of our body but it's at the very bottom the, you know we walk with them we do all sorts of stuff but you know how do you care for them properly right um would you say that like sorry so many people uh, would go to their family doctor if they're having foot issues um are problems with feet something that a family doctor would be able to flag effectively or what kind of happens because you had just said as well that there's not very many foot care nurses, right? Like I only know a handful and that's just because I do what I do and, and, and yeah. I'm, you know, I run tea and toast. And so that's how I know a lot of people, but you know, generally people will go to their doctor. Um, <laughs> they, there's not, I mean, we get, there's a lot of difference of opinions because people will go to their doctor and the doctor has no clue. And so then they're faxing us a referral to deal with, whether it be a wart, an ingrown, um, they think that they can help with corns and calluses, but they don't have the right instruments, nor do they have the right um, chemicals to use, and they end up injuring the person. So it really depends. We don't need a doctor's referral. If you want to cover it under extended medical, then a doctor's referral is great. Um, Sun Life really needs one other um, insurances um, sometimes request them, but when you go to the doctor, they, you know, they generally know bits and pieces of little things, and you need someone that knows everything feet, whether you go to a chiropodist, a podiatrist, a pedorthist, or a foot care nurse. You need someone that knows directly that's seen time and time again different ailments and know how to help you with it. I think that, you know, Generally, what I'm trying to do with artful aging is empower our audience to yeah. understand, you know, from our guests, pieces of a lot of different things. Yeah. And foot care today is the piece that I want them to understand. And it's okay that, you know, if you're going to your doctor and so say you're not in our area and you're, you're watching us from another province, from the U.S. or whatnot, it's okay to go yeah. to the doctor, have yeah. things looked at, and then be knowledgeable that, you know, specialists do exist in this and to ask the doctor, you know, do you know any foot care specialists or can you refer me somewhere else um, if they're, you know, if, if they're unfamiliar in their own area, right? Mm-hmm. Like people can ask, right? And people are afraid to ask the doctor because a lot of, uh, a lot of folks feel that the doctor's kind of the be all end all, which, you know, a lot of doctors do terrific work. So don't get me wrong. But um, often what happens is that 
you know, with our senior population specifically, they've been going to their family doctor for so many years for so many ailments. But the thing is, is that as people age, just generally things change. And then we're in this area where we didn't know what before, right? And we, we hadn't had to deal with it. So let's continue this conversation in a couple of minutes. After the break, Lisa and I are going to be discussing diabetic foot care. So come back in a couple of minutes. You're watching Artful Aging with Amy on Bold Brave TV. We'll see you in a few. If you're a planner or trying to be one, Things You Should Know is a great place to start. Personal information, power of attorney info, and real estate is just a fraction of the information you can store in this fillable planner and record keeper. Download your free copy today at tntoast.ca forward slash medical dash planner to get started. Welcome back. We've been talking all things feet with Lisa from Tired Soul. Let's jump right back in. Lisa, I'm curious. Do you find that, I know that we've talked about seniors having some more issues with their feet because of different reasons. So mm -hmm. let's revisit that. So we're talking about some of the different reasons uh, because I want to blend it into our diabetic talk that I'm going to have in a second. So mainly, would it be, um, like you said, our arthritis, bending over, kind of getting to the feet? Are those kind of the main issues that you would see with seniors for yeah, caring? Sorry, for caring for that, the feet? Yeah, and also circulation is a huge one. Like you said, your feet are at the bottom. So gravity is really pulling is really pulling that blood flow and that oxygen to the bottom of your body. And if you don't have proper circulation to bring it back up again, then things are gonna happen with your feet. They're gonna get sore, they're gonna get achy. Your legs are gonna get sore and achy. And it's as simple as trying to help out with that circulation and the aging population. Obviously there's more heart issues, there's more circulatory issues or arterial issues then they have problems with their feet. Diabetics and non-diabetics, it happens to the best of us generally. And you just need to know what to look for, yeah. Fair enough. So can you yeah. talk to us a little bit more about foot care for those who have diabetes? In my experience, it seems as though it's much more important uh, based, you know, I've been, like I said, I've been working with seniors for almost 20 yeah. years. So based on my own experience, can you tell me, is that true? And tell us a little bit more about it. So with diabetics, they have a heightened um, ability to have lower limb amputations, which is why I say kind of tired soul below the belt. Um, and they, they don't have the ability to feel. So you have your general nerves where you can feel something really, really quickly like a feather. And diabetics, depending on how their diabetes is managed, if you've always had high blood pressure, that gives complications to your kidneys, it gives complications to different organs, and it also gives complications to your nerve and nerve endings. And so when you have the problem with those nerve endings, and we'll get my trusty little foot here, you, you can't feel anything around these areas. So what the nurses do is they get a little, it's like a fishing line, and they test 10 different areas on the foot to see how well a diabetic could feel. Now, it's not surprising to have a, a mark of like five out of 10 and generally they can't feel anything up in this area. And when you're walking, you're hitting right at this area first, right? So there could be huge, huge, huge problems in this area. They won't feel a callus or a corn or an open area. A lot of times in here, these digits, they have, um, 
some blisters, they have pain, and they just don't know what to do with it. And it's more dispersed around the whole foot. And it's as simple as maybe getting a pair of compression socks, and um, that will help with circulation. They, um, we always ask our diabetics to wear white socks. And would you know why we would do that, Amy? Well, I've done some research, so now I might know, but I would prefer that you tell them because who knows what. <laughs> Put you in the hot seat so you don't yeah, that's know. Right. So <laughs> tell me more. Okay, so you, it, it's wild because you'd have patients come in and guys wear black socks. It's generally what they do. And we're like, you know, I think you can't feel anything on your foot. So if you're wearing black socks and you put your shoe on and there's a little tiny pebble in there and you've been wearing your shoes over a month with the friction, now you've caused a little open area. But you can't see that because you can't reach your feet, nor can you put your feet up above your hips to be able to see underneath. Then you're wearing it again and now you're feeling a little bit of pain, but you're still not understanding what it was. Well, it's probably infected at this point because you didn't know it was there in the first place. As it gets infected, you finally get someone to see it, if you're smart enough to get someone to see it. And this is where the amputations happen. Because you've got less circulation, less blood flow, less oxygen, the body can't heal that as quickly as it would for somebody who's more athletic, doesn't have any circulatory issues. If it can't heal, after a little while, it turns dead because the skin isn't getting that blood flow and the oxygen like a plant doesn't get water and sun. It's the same thing in a way. So it gets infected. It goes necrotic, which means it gets it's dead like the toes I was mentioning before. And then they end up sending certain things through the body that isn't good for the body. And you can end up going septic. So what they do is they remove that part of the foot and that's how the amputations happen so if you wear white socks then you can see the blood on your socks so the black wouldn't the dark wouldn't so we try to get everybody to wear white socks that pebble with the little tiny bit of blood when you're taking off your sock you can see that oh, it's bleeding somewhere i better figure this out quickly when you say that it goes septic, because I'm a bit familiar, but not as much, right? So yeah. uh, I've seen it when I work with various people, I've seen amputations and we've helped people um, find, you know, retirement living for specific yeah. things. So I see a lot of amputations from the knee down more as, as opposed to the toes or feet, generally speaking. Yeah. But when you say something goes septic, can you explain that just a little bit for our audience? Like you're saying it sends what up the body? Like what happens? The body produces these like a cellular, I don't know, like down in like layman terms so that I use proper uh, terminology, but when something is dead, it gives off certain things that go into the bloodstream. So when something is black, when you'll see a foot and the toes are like a blue black, there's no circulation getting there. And if that opens, there's no way that it can heal. So that black, stays there and if it's not taken care of then it shoots out certain things into the bloodstream that cause um, an infection and it generally would get to the heart so whether it be cellulitis and it's getting into the cells it's all that bacteria that the necrotic tissue can carry not only outside of the body but the bacteria is inside the body as well and that travels through the bloodstream and the lymphatic 
system and can get to the heart. So surgeons and, and doctors, they don't want that. So generally, depending on where that issue is, they'll amputate below the knee, they'll amputate at the toes, they'll amputate at the foot. It really, really depends. But it, it so, can happen very quickly. For sure. And obviously, I would assume that amputation would be the you know last resort. But basically, when you're getting to an amputation stage, nothing else can be done. This is the only thing. We have to get rid of this or else it's going to affect the rest of our body, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, bacteria gets in. You don't want it to get to the heart. No. I always say, yeah, so I always say to patients, that are coming in and, and we realize that they have arterial like heart issues um, or their veins aren't pumping the way that they should. You'll see like varicose veins, they're popping out of their legs or these little tiny um, patches of like dark areas that almost look like age spots. And some of my older clients will be like, oh, I was tarring on the roof and it's just a permanent tan. It's nothing wrong with that. I'm like, mm, well, all yeah. of those, um, veins, there's problems with them. And all of that pigment is because the veins have collapsed and they're not working anymore. And so we've got to be able to get that circulation going and which is where a compression sock would come in and where we want to make sure as foot care nurses that we're knowledgeable, um, unlike a, an esthetician, we're knowledgeable of everything lower limb plus your feet. So you wanna be able to make sure that you're able to assess your own legs and feet to be sure that you don't have these problems. And I say to them, like, if you've got these little tiny veins that are going down your leg and you've got this huge, this huge aorta, this pumps so, so quickly, but the little tiny veins have to make it up after it pumping so quickly. So you need assistance with that. And that's where the compressions come in for diabetics. Interesting. Well, I yeah. uh, will talk a little bit more about in uh, the next one of the next segments but yeah. let's take a quick break uh there's lots to think about today after the break uh we're going to find out why it's important to dry between your toes because this is my new thing that I, <laughs> ever since i've been doing the research so if yeah. you don't know have a think on it and we'll come back in a couple of minutes you're watching artful aging with amy we'll see you soon artful aging with amy is currently looking for guests and show ideas for our next season Drop us a line at hello at artfulagingwithamy.com and let us know what you would like to learn about in our upcoming season. Hello, welcome back to Artful Aging with Amy. As I prepared and researched for today's show, almost everyone on the internet, uh, which is how we do a lot of our research these days, uh, says to make sure you dry between your toes thoroughly and don't put cream between your toes. So... I don't know that I've had much thought about this, more more likely because I've been fortunate and I haven't had a lot of feet issues. But also, like I was saying to Lisa, like before, Lisa, we don't really talk about feet in everyday conversation, which is, you know, I, it doesn't come up. So, Lisa, can you tell me why is it so important to make sure the in-between of your toes are dry and specifically not to put any moisturizer in between? It's really as simple as moisture so depending on let me get my little foot here depending foot. on how how close people's toes are so some people have quite the space in between their toes but a lot of people don't and their toes are really really tight together and and if you have any sort of swelling issues during the day this all swells in through here so now if you're a really 
a really sweaty person. A lot of people perspire on their feet when they're nervous, when they're scared, when they're busy. Um, and it just gets really, really damp in between here. And if you were to open up these toes and everything's been damp and dark, what happens when we've got dark and, and moisture? You get a fungus or a yeast. And that breaks down and will often cause blisters or a breakdown in the skin. When the skin breaks down, you end up with a wound. Then you've got a wound and you can't feel it. And it just goes on and on, uh, especially for a diabetic who can't really see it. So you have to make sure... We always tell uh, people to get like a towel and you put it on the floor, put your, well, that's not the nice part of the foot, <laughs> put your towel on the floor here, grab the edge of the towel and just go through each digit, each toe, drying them and making sure that there's nothing in there. Athlete's foot hides in there all the time and it gets really dry and peely and through here. And it's a fungus because you've been sweating and bacteria has gotten in some way, somehow, um, and then everything sort of breaks down. It gets very, very itchy. It burns. Um, and they don't see the light of day, anything with interdigit, right? They don't see any light. So there's so many problems that can hide in between there. If you put skin in there, it's not, or skin. If you put cream in there, it's not going to absorb, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's so tight and then you're putting it in your sock. And so now it's, the moisture is just staying right on the tips of your, of your feet, right? And then it's just, it's gonna break down and then it's gonna be itchy and then you're gonna have a problem. So really, you know, I'm hearing you loud and clear and I've started doing this again since I started researching everything. <laughs> but basically towel, like towel floss your toes, towel yeah. floss your feet. That's yeah. a good way to put it, yeah. I, I'm it's claiming easy. that one, Lisa. Yeah, good <laughs> job, good pending. job. <laughs> and you know what, you can go on Google and there's devices that you can get that can do that as well. And it, it helps our senior population be independent and not yeah. having to, you know, sometimes they don't have someone that can check underneath their foot or help them with their foot care. So this way it leaves the senior population to be, to keep that independence and to keep that care with their ADL that they can um, do that for themselves. And it's just as simple as getting a towel and flossing their toes. Oh, flossing. Um, oh, so you know, so based on kind of, we've, you've given us some tips, but what tips do you have for daily care for a feed? If I was to say, you know, give me a couple of top tips for our audience, what would you say? I would make sure that your shoes fit properly. Everything happens, it seems, with friction. So when someone's, we get a huge influx of people coming in the winter because now they're starting to wear their boots. And all of a sudden they've got blisters and calluses and corns. So really research your shoes. Go to someone, if you, you're prone to foot issues, go to a podorothist who these people can measure your feet. They can, they can check for the bony areas and the bony prominences that would actually have friction on the sides of your boots. So just make sure that you have great foot care that you look, whether you get a mirror or you sit down on a couch with a big mirror in front of you, that you look at your feet and you examine your feet every single day to make sure that there is no open areas or that there isn't any red going on. Um, then you know that there's something that could be starting and you need to change your shoe. And look at the nails, look at your nails, making sure that they're not discolored or they're chipping or they're cracking because that can cause issues as well. Bacteria can get in if you've got an open area. Um, and just making sure that all around that your feet are pink and they're 
Um, they're not super hot to touch or they're not super cold to touch. So you want to see the color of your feet as well. So good shoes, color, and making sure that you've got someone to look at your feet for you at the bottom. And always check your shoes. Like check and make sure there's no rocks and put your hand in your boots and make sure there's nothing in there. Because if awesome. you can't feel it, it could cause a problem. For sure. I think I've been paying a lot more attention to feet because I'm in charge of Eva's feet at the moment, right? She's yeah. four. And yeah. so I, I spend a lot of time on feet at these days, right? And she actually had a sore in between her pinky toe that we were able to resolve, but you have to catch yeah. it, right? So yeah. um, so can you tell us what the difference between a spa, pedicure, and foot care by a nurse is? Because there's a lot of people that will go to the spa to get a pedicure thinking that, you know, things might have been addressed because some of the times you go to a spa and they'll say, oh, I've noticed this X, Y, and Z or whatnot, yeah. which is great information for sure. Um, but there's definitely a difference. Can you just tell us a little bit of the difference? Well, first of all, we're nurses. So a lot of nurses take foot care as a specialty. So we've been nursing a long, long time and we've got those assessment skills. So we're able to see things before they happen because of general information that we get just looking at your legs and your feet, which an esthetician wouldn't notice. Like if you have a, a blood clot or you have some sort of issue in your leg, we'd be able to catch that and we've caught it multiple times. Um, and we just know more of the assessment skill and the knowledge to be able to see things before they happen. We also as a foot care nurse, we abide by like gold standard practice. So for a foot care nurse, we, we autoclave all of our tools. So they come in all these little packs and you'll see some esthetician places have them in this, but they need to be autoclaved and they need to turn color. So you can't really see it on here, but there's these little arrows here that turn black. They were blue and they turn black when they're autoclaved. So if you go into an esthetician in a spa, you have to make sure that these little pink areas turn black and you know that they're completely autoclaved. So they're sterile right before you get here. We're opening them right when you're here. So they're completely sterile. We could, they pass five tests to make sure that these are completely sterile and we have two autoclaves here doing that. And you know that you're not going to get an infection here for sure. We're 100 percent that these tools are we can do heart surgery with the amount of tests they have to pass with an esthetician. I believe that they want to do pretty. It's to make, you know, everything pretty and to look good. We want everything to be safe. We want you to be able to walk. We don't want you to be able to fall because of foot pain. We want to make sure that everything is safe for you because Sometimes will, you know, like you, you have to remove things that you shouldn't really be removing, which a nurse wouldn't remove. Um, and they're harsher on your feet than we would be. And we just have that knowledge and that power, right? They, you have to be able to clean everything of bacteria, don't want to get any infections. And there could be infections depending on where you go, especially if you shave your legs or you've got eczema, there's a portal right there where um, infection can get in when you're soaking and we don't soak we do a dry a dry pedicure for sure so really it's kind of like you know for a top top tier functional versus aesthetic is kind of where yeah. where we're lying okay fair enough so let's uh let's take a break lise and uh we're going to talk about prevention after the break so sure. again you're watching artful aging with amy we're on bold brave tv we'll see you in a few
Are you watching us on YouTube but would rather listen to us in the car or on a walk? No problem. Artful Aging with Amy is also available as a podcast. Head over to artfulagingwithamy.com for the links. Hi and welcome back. Today's show is all about foot care. So let's discuss prevention. Like anything else, it's usually better to take steps early to avoid more serious issues. If you've been with us and watching my other shows, I'm all about prevention. I'm all about planning. Mm-hmm. I hope that you've, <laughs> you've seen that by now. But according to uh, Ontario Chiropodist, there are about uh, 250,000 sweat glands in the feet. And the average person loses about a cup of moisture through the feet a day. Let me tell you, when I read that, Lisa, my feet feel so sweaty constantly now <laughs> because now I like I'm, I'm acutely aware now. So yeah. Um, yeah. that in itself, I believe, would require some sort of preventative measures. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know that when you're stressed, you can you're also more susceptible to viruses that causes warts in the foot. Lisa, mm-hmm. maybe we can start by talking about what we do in our everyday life, uh, everyday life with our general health that could have a positive effect for foot health? For me, I would think, you know, when, when, when our little humans have extracurricular activities, you know, you want to make sure whether you're going into ballet class or you're going into Kung Fu um, or your kids are doing that to make sure that you clean the bottom of your feet before you put them into your shoe. So a lot of activities require no shoes and no socks. So one preventative measure that I've come up with, we have like a chlorhexidine spray and we spray everybody's feet after they've been to class because you want to make sure that your that your shoes are clean. Because if you have that bacteria, you are walking in a pool and you're not wearing your flip flops, it's the skin around the wart that peels off when it's so damp that causes it to spread to other people and to spread yourself. So if you know that you have sweaty feet or you know that you need to go somewhere without putting shoes on, you're gonna have to use like your flip-flops or clean them properly before you put them in your shoe. If you put them in your shoe prior to that, it's gonna harbor all that bacteria and you put your feet in that and then it's dark and then you're sweating and there's gonna be an athlete's foot or a wart happening. So just make sure to keep clean shoes. And if you know that you're sweaty and you have that problem with sweaty feet, there's lots of powders out there that you can use to help absorb it. And we tell people just to put it in their socks and that'll help huge. And it helps huge between the toes as well, because as you're walking, the powder will just lay in between your toes and that helps with friction as well. And so you've just got to find yourself a good powder. We had a really good one, but Germany stopped it. So we're having an issue right now getting stock, but They've got some good powders out there that's got like an antifungal or an antibacterial, and you can do that. Wear your clean socks. Make sure you never wear dirty socks. Um, always be changing your socks. When you get home, take them off. Let your feet air. And just always make sure that you've got someone, if you can, and you can't see your feet, if you can have someone look, just make sure that you're always looking at your feet every day and see if there's a change. And your legs, too. Right. If you've dropped something or you 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 know, the corner of beds are they're very hostile, some beds and, you know, even bowls falling on things. Right. Like things are just hostile these days. Even Alexa's got an attitude. So (laughs) you just you know, you just have to make sure that you're aware to look. And I find we had a question talking about Eva 
We had um, someone send me a photo yesterday of their little girl and their feet are peeling everywhere. And it's generally because the, the kids are so sweaty that they'll get that. And so you need to be able to catch it, like you said, and prevent anything else happening and get a powder in there. And make sure that you just, yeah, so just keep an eye on your feet. Keep an eye on the nail conditions that they don't change color. They don't, you know, some medications make them brittle. So if you notice a change, you know, find someone that can help you with that because it's going to be difficult for you to trim them or you'll, you'll cause a cut. Especially okay. if you're cutting for your loved one. Don't do that. Send them over here. <laughs> for sure. So yeah. For sure. I know. I know. Uh, but um, and so, you know, don't pick up virus hitchhikers is what I'm what I'm going to proclaim from this segment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it happens yeah. so easy. And you just people come you know, time and time again. They're like, this never happened before. This never happened before. And you're like, you know, things happen. The more stressed you are, the more ailments you have from head to toe, your blood supply doesn't really get the the the. Um, I can't think of the word that I'm that I want to get, but it doesn't get the notification that there's a ward or there's some sort of issue with your foot because there's so many other things that your body's trying to figure out and it's mm -hmm. going to find the most important thing first and a little right. wart or a little paper cut on your, on your foot isn't one of the, the important things your body thinks, right? Or important things that your body thinks to help you out with. So that's why these warts stay forever because the virus isn't, there's not enough of it in your bloodstream for your body to heal it. So you need to try to prevent it and take care of it if it happens. Interesting. Well, and we touched on, uh, we touched on compression socks earlier as stockings. Mm -hmm. So through working with seniors specifically, there's been a lot of talk in my world about compression stockings. And there's also a lot of talk about how hard these can be to put on. Um, I know my sister even was using compression stocking yeah. when she was um, do, when she was working earlier, right? And it's, yeah. it's all about circulation. So, yeah. what are some of the reasons to look into wearing uh, compression stockings, and are there ways to make them easier, specifically for seniors to put on, but really anybody mm -hmm. at that point? Yeah, there's you know multiple reasons why you should wear compression socks, and I'm not one of those ones, you know, especially nursing for 28 years. They're always like the nurses need to wear them. The nurses need to wear them. And you never do. And people always think that they're like, oh, what are they trying to sell me now? But these are a medical device and they are life changing. I have to tell you, they're life changing for the simplest ailment. Sometimes you can just have pains in your legs and cramps at the end of the day. Well, if you had more circulation and blood flow and oxygen going through there, they're going to feel very lightweight. You're going to be more awake because there's going to be more oxygen and blood flow to your brain. It's like a, it's a no brainer. So <laughs> people of, of all different ages, you know, have different reasons to wear compressions um, that if, if you have a circulatory issue, for sure, for sure, you need to have compression because you need to, I have like my trusty little, look how pretty they come. They're just they're <laughs> so nice. So there, there's multiple different ones, but you have to be able to know that if there's any swelling, if there's any pain, um, a compression would be right for you. Now, depending on the strength, they're really hard to get on, and we can talk about that after the commercial, but it, um, there's very different reasons why you could wear them, and a lot of athletes now are wearing them, and this company actually changed to... Um, to like CEP and they changed for more running towards the runner and the athlete. 
So there's lots of different yeah. kinds. They're not just tanned colored anymore. Well, let's, uh, well, like you said, Lisa, let's do the, yeah. the commercial now. We'll pick it up though after the commercial because we'll talk about if there's a, a way to easy for easier to put it on. Right. Uh, I can't find my words either. So yeah, let's take a break. I got it. I got it. <laughs> we all need more coffee. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're watching our full aging with Amy. Hi, and welcome back. We've been speaking with Lisa, all things foot care and feet. Before the break, we were talking about compression stockings, so I wanted to just go back there for one more minute. Lisa, can you show us a contraption that you have and tell us about ways that make it a little bit easier for compression stockings? So there's a couple of donning aids on the market. This one is our favorite. It's by Jotes. You could look it up online. You take your sock and you weave it through and until the heel pops up here, and then you literally, I don't know if I can do this You might, here, you might not be able to. literally just... <laughs> pull it up like that. So you don't have to yank and, you know, people have arthritic hands and you can't pull them up. This, you literally just pop your foot in there, pull this up and boom, it's on. That's, it's that's so helpful. I've seen and a lot of people socks. use them. What's yeah. that? Regular socks as well. It doesn't need to be compressions if you're having yeah. problems with just socks in general. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen people have a lot of issues with it. So something like that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Um, so fun fact, Lisa, did you know that the world record for the largest feet belongs to a guy named Matthew who wears U.S. who wore U.S. size 28 and a half and the average men's size is 10 and a half. So I thought that was pretty interesting is the world record holder. Um, and so, Lisa, how about we switch a little bit to talking about. Uh, how often we should get our feet looked at by a professional and is it the same for someone in their 40s as a verse like in you know um, looking at someone in their 80s as well is it the same or is it different it's you know if someone has a, a an ailment with their feet they need to have it checked regularly so generally we say every four to six weeks when it's winter time the nails don't don't grow as quickly as it would when you're in flip-flops and that vitamin C and D is shining through. So everyone will like draw back to like every six to eight weeks in the winter and every four to six weeks in the summertime. If you have problems with ingrowns or a nail condition or a skin condition, you really want to get that preventative care and have it regularly followed through within four to six weeks. If you're a senior and you can't reach your toes and you can't see them, well, you generally should be in somewhere to have someone every four weeks take a look at your feet. Whether you're a man or a woman, the elements are exactly the same. Now, if you're a professional, let's say the football players that'll come here, um, you know, they're rougher on their feet, right? The little humans that we, we make, they're rougher on their feet, depending on what sport they're in. We're getting a huge influx of little people coming in because of hockey issues and soccer issues. So just look every single day at your feet. And if you aren't able to do that, make sure that you go and see a professional every four weeks. Would be and, my recommendation. and for the seniors who are watching, whether you're in my area or just watching from another area, a lot of times foot care comes in mobile. Eh? Lisa, I know that you guys work mobile as well. Um, so if you're in a residence or if you can't get out, maybe that's an option. It might not be an option everywhere, but I know in Ottawa it is, Elise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Generally, there's a lot of nurses. We're the only foot care clinic that I'm aware of that does clinic and mobile. So a lot of nurses are just mobile. So you should be able to hopefully find someone in your area if you're able to Google or even ask the doctor. They've got a lot of references 
to foot care or even the Lynn, they have a list as well for foot care. And they'll Perfect. be able to direct you to some good foot care that they autoclave and everything. And you had mentioned that, you know, it's not necessary to have a referral to go for foot care. But if someone wanted to get a referral, is the doctor who they go to? And then also, how do people generally pay for foot care? So the doctor would be the one to get the referral from, of course. If you have extended medical, then you probably will need that. If you don't, then you can go to your foot care provider and you can write that off as a medical expense on your taxes. And generally, I mean, the fees are very, very different. Um, For us, for mobile foot care, you can pay cash, credit, uh, check, e-transfer, and it's $80 for us and $50 to come into the clinic and payment is the same. It's very easy. Um, And then you can claim that or your extended medicals. And if you're a veteran and you have a K number, we're registered with Veterans Affairs and it ends up being like $13 because they get some good coverage. That's terrific. Yeah. Just before we uh, we go today, Lisa, uh, and thank you again for joining me today. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the course you teach? I know that people might be interested in foot care mm-hmm. as a career. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about the course? This is my little pamphlet. <laughs> so... Once I started educating after I took the foot care course, I loved it so much. So now I teach advanced foot care. There's no national standards in Ontario, which is actually kind of frightening. So anybody can do foot care. You need to make sure that you hit the proper, you know, standards for a foot care practitioner or a foot care nurse. So we teach the national standard that has come out that we're trying to get all around Ontario. So we hit and touch on everything foot care and even lower limb modalities. And um, so every nurse that I have working here, actually I've taught myself, they've taken the class and they came and they work with us. So in seven years, we started with two nurses and now we have 16 and three admins. So it's grown exponentially. And it's great when I know exactly what they know. And it there's a, that continuity of care that everyone's going to get the exact same care because there's no national standards. So it's it's um, great that I can offer this course to any nurses or PSWs that are in the area. It's even online. So you do online and you just four days hands on and we get a group, a huge group of volunteers. And uh, so they see between five and eight people during the day and our volunteers we usually get about 50 volunteers for the day. And that fills up in under seven minutes. It's wild. People after 10 years are now, you know, waiting for that free foot care clinic, but they get a lot of hands-on care. They get a lot of training and of course infection control, right? So I'm huge on infection control. So you know what you're getting when you're getting a tired soul nurse for sure. That's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Lisa. And thank you again for joining me today. It's very nice to see you. Thank you so much. It's amazing to see you. I haven't seen you in a long time. Well, we'll we'll catch up. So after the break, we're going to sum up the top tips for today. Again, you're watching our Playaging with Amy on Bold Brave TV. I'll see you in a few minutes. Welcome back. I'm your host, Amy, and you've been watching our Playaging with Amy. And again, today was all about foot care and how to properly care for our feet. Um, I don't know about you, and maybe after the show it'll be the same, but ever since I read the, the stat about sweat glands in our feet, my feet have been extra sweaty. I don't know if it's always been that way, but you could definitely feel um, 
feel the difference. And it could be just similar to when you're buying a car and you see all the same car that you want to buy. I wonder if that's what it is. But let's look at the top tips from today um, so that if you're caring for your own feet, you're caring for your your child's feet or a loved one's feet, then uh, these are some things you can implement. So top tip number one would be wear white socks always when you're out and walking. And so as Lisa said, that's really to prevent um, anything that you can't see, like pebbles or things like that in your shoe, so that you know if something has been affected and your foot is bleeding and you don't see it, then the white sock will show it for it, uh, show it to you um, really quickly, and it won't start to fester and start to develop in something you don't want. Number Check your shoes before you put them on. Again, pebbles and things get in your shoes. Um, so give them a little empty or put your hand in there to make sure that there's nothing in there affecting it. Um, check for swelling. Number three is check for swelling in your feet and your legs. We talked about compression stockings. Uh, there's definitely things that make putting compression stockings on easier, like Lisa was showing. A lot of people do get help from uh, home care providers and our governmental home care providers to help with compression stockings. I've seen quite a few seniors with that. Uh, it's because they have to be so tight to get things moving. So if you're having trouble and you've tried it before and it's too much to put them on and you know, you've had a bad experience, maybe look into trying something, another type of sock or something else to put them on. Tip four would be use mirrors and check your feet. So just have it available, um, even if it's on the side of your wall and you put your foot up on your leg just so you can have a look to make sure that nothing is uh, in the way um, or a thing is on the bottom of your feet. And then step five or tip five would be lotion and water daily. So make sure that you're getting enough water. Make sure that you're putting lotion on your feet, uh, not in between your toes, as Lisa had pointed out, so that we don't keep moisture in there. And I'm, I'm going to throw a tip six, tip six which is um, toe floss, which is now now my new saying. So that's it for today. On on next week's show, we will be speaking about how to fight Parkinson's with boxing. I know that you don't want to miss it. I think it's going to be super informative. Now, remember that if you're looking for any of our guest bios or information on um, the companies and guests that we have, head over to artfulagingwithamy.com. There, I list all the bios. We have all the links to everybody's websites if they have one or extra information. Um, there's also links on artfulagingwithamy.com that point you towards tea and toast freebies. So we have a lot of free printables on TNTOS, if you're looking for a retirement home search or if you're looking for a number of other things, including a medical planner, which is there that I developed um, to help you just kind of plan out things. They're all there free for you. And remember, if you're enjoying Artful Aging with Amy, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel so that you get a notification when we have new shows. Um, that's it for today. So thank you so much for joining us. Again, this is Artful Aging with Amy on Bold Brave TV. Uh, I hope that you have a wonderful Wednesday. You've been listening to Artful Aging with host Amy. Many folks just like you feel they're alone in their journey in helping a loved one or caregiver. So tune in each week and let Amy show you that help is around the corner and is just one conversation away here on Artful Aging.